Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Before I started doing this, and I'm like, how many episodes are you in now, Lisa Kennedy? This is the first podcast I've done, so I'm like a little bit nervous, but I'm also fine. <laughs> I, I mean, I, if I didn't already feel honoured, I feel extremely honoured now. I'm such a fan, like a proper fangirl of yours. So I will say Aww. that <laughs> I'm delighted <laughs> to be speaking to artist Ryan Rosie on the Brown the Brave. So lovely to meet you, albeit virtually, but I feel like I'm I'm actually meeting you rather than just liking every picture and every video you put on Instagram (laughs) yeah no it's lovely it's nice to like properly have a chat and say hello because I've seen I've been following your podcast for like quite a while and and I would recognize you if I seen you out and about but you know it's like oh I don't want to go into the house if nervous to do see you in real life I can come and say hello (laughs) yeah actually that actually happened to me the other day that I was sitting in a cafe having a meeting and there was Uh a a man next to us and he just went excuse me um I listened to your podcast and you know I was like I actually don't know what to say I'm so flabbergasted but I think it was the hair he obviously noticed you've been recognized that's so good (laughs) check me yeah (laughs) (laughs) no listen your art just captivated me from the minute I saw it and I was like oh my word like I think it's beautiful like it's just so unique and stunning and I actually get Aww. excited when I see you've posted something I'm just like what that's so lovely thank you it's such a beautiful reflection like to me I'm like okay job done like hearing something like that it's I feel so lucky to be doing what I'm doing just to hear like reflections like that that are so positive you know mean so much and to be able to connect with you someone I've not met before um, like first and foremost through my art is amazing you know like that's a huge compliment to me so thank you very much oh, that's you're, really kind it's, it's <laughs> deserved and you know that is the beauty of art how it connects people and it speaks to people when you haven't even necessarily met the human behind it I think mm-hmm. like so I was on your website and obviously I followed your Instagram for a while and just trying to get like a sense of who you are but also what your inspirations are for your art can I take you back for a second just to like yeah understand the journey like has creativity art working with your hands always been a thing for you yeah um I was definitely a very creative child a crazy child <laughs> um well well behaved but like so much energy and when I would sit down and draw or like do colouring in or make art I would just feel like much more zen and like in the zone it's always something that I found very grounding and healing maybe not realising it you know when I was younger but um yeah so I was very lucky growing up like my parents themselves are not super creative but I have two aunties who I'm really close with who both um, are artists or both studied at the Glasgow School of Art and they were always very good at like encouraging me when I was younger and all my presents would always be like packs of like fancy stuff from the art shop and I'd be like making an absolute mess of it (laughs) and yeah like my mum was always very encouraging and great and like I remember when I was in primary school 
we used to have when it rained, which was all the time because yes. I'm from Glasgow, right? You know, you know what it's like here. <laughs> we used to have wet play times where you wouldn't be able to go into the playground. I would dread them, like I hated them because in the wet playgrounds we'd be inside the like the kind of big room and every, all the kids would be running around shouting and screaming and all the teachers would be shouting and I hated it. I've always hated like confrontation and getting yes. in trouble. Um, so. I had my mum made an arrangement with like the head teacher that when it was a wet playtime, I was allowed to sit in the corridor with a pack of pens and my colouring in book and just be quiet. <laughs> just calm I love down. that. <laughs> so yeah, so started young and always throughout school. I loved art. Primary school was lucky. We had great teachers who were very encouraging all that stuff and then going on to high school as well. Um, yeah, just always kind of gravitated towards. I've always loved really bright colours and always wore like crazy bright colours, especially when I was a child. I'd come in, I'd have to, um, my mum used to send me to her partner, Pauline. <laughs> we all lived together. And she'd be like, go and check with Pauline if you can wear that out the door because she's got better taste than me. And she'd be like, you can't wear that out the door. And I'd be like, why not? <laughs> Love that. Um, I had this exact same conversation with a friend the other day there whose wee girl is now wanting to dress herself or going to nursery. And was like picking oh. up the most like fanciest like party dress <laughs> with the most randomest like kickabout leggings, and she was like, "I'm no. not sending you to nursery like this, but this is clearly what you want to wear." And she was just like, "Mum, this is what I want to wear." And I was like, "Cool." Yeah. She's expressing herself. She sounds like my kind of girl. Um, but yeah, always been something I've loved, and I feel very lucky that I was always encouraged by family and stuff to yeah. um, stick with it because some people don't have that behind them. Um, people who are supportive of that and see it as important. And my parents used to always take me out and my sister to um, the art galleries and stuff. Like growing up in Glasgow, I think every kid gets dragged around like the Kelvin Grove Art Galleries. It's like a free thing to go and do. And that's yeah. one of the best things about Glasgow, right? Is that all the galleries are free and all the shows are free. So does make it much more accessible to all different types of people and families and kids so yeah just doing all that kind of stuff my parents used to take us to art shows um we got a little bit older and um yeah I was just thinking about that scenario of you sitting in the corridor and like that obviously you know it, it was about the feeling you know I think art and creativity is a, a lot to do about how you feel about things and obviously in that space you were that you felt more like yourself you're more calm you're more in the zone like you weren't wanting to be in that crazy busy room and like obviously your parents recognized that and that was an important thing like that's what rounds into that's what that's what's good for rounds so rather than just going oh I just got on with it and you're like well no like look what's happened now you're like an actual artist so if that hadn't been like nurtured or encouraged you do I mean you just never know yeah well I don't I mean like they definitely see something that you don't see sometimes like I'm lucky that my parents have always been my like biggest fans like um cheerleaders and all that yes and I think when you're younger you don't really realize like oh you just think I don't know I wouldn't maybe have necessarily given as much like gravity as they do like oh clearly you're good at it or clearly you really like it and it's important around so I'm very grateful that they always did encourage me um even when I was actually in high school I always loved languages and art. That was my two things. I was yeah. good at them and I really liked them. And I initially actually wasn't going to go down the art route. I had, well, I was never really sure. I had a um, place at university to study French and Spanish. I remember my mum kind of being like, you know, are you sure you want to do this? You know, you can always just go to like a night class if you wanted to and learn a language. You don't have to necessarily study it for like four years. You'll never get an opportunity again in your life. 
to go to art school, well, not never, but you know, you'll never get an opportunity in your life where you get a free studio space for four years and you don't have, you can just explore it and like, you're so young, why don't you just do what you love? Because if you do what you love, you'll be really good at it. Um, give it a shot. So she was really, oh, sorry, her and Pauline. Pauline's almost partner, by the way. Yes. Um, they're like my mums. And they were really, um, yeah, really good at kind of helping steer me into just, you know, just why don't you just do the art thing? And then I'm so glad that I've done that. Yeah, and I think it's lovely as well because with the best of intentions, some parents probably would have been in that scenario going, well, it's good to have a language and you could travel the world. And you know what I mean? Like, oh, there could be a teaching job there, whereas the art may seem a bit more like of a... Risk. Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's quite like a risky path to take in some respects, isn't it? So what was your kind of like studying higher education world like? I actually really had a great experience and I know that's not everyone's experience um, and some people don't love it and they think this or that about like you know higher education especially with arts but full credit to Duncan and Jordanson which is where I went to uni um, or to art school um, it's brilliant. Actually before that um, I, I studied at the Tramway Visual Arts Studio which is in the tramway in Glasgow and um, they run a portfolio course. So that's how I got into art school. And that was great. That year was like kind of almost like a foundation year. It was all, it was like a very good kind of mixed group of different ages. It's the first time since leaving school that you're really mixing with like lots of different yeah age groups and whatnot, like it is when you get to uni. And they had a big focus on sort of changing not changing your taste, but um, kind of opening your mind more to like contemporary art and um, non-realistic art. Like, mm. um, and so we, that was great. We went to so many art shows. We went to like, the Turner Prize that year, which was down in Newcastle, and everything that was happening in Glasgow, we were there. And the tutors there were brilliant. Gemma and Willie Nelson at the time were fab. And then from that, I applied to art school and ended up going to, yeah, Duncan Jordanson and Dundee. I loved it. Did <laughs> you? Yeah, I loved it so much. Um, it's a super good place to like go and study because it's a campus university. So everything, you bump into people all the time because everyone pretty much is on the same campus. The art school's on the same campus as the university as well. So it's, you get to meet like not just the art crew, but everyone studying everything, which is good, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it helps it be like a little bit less pretentious as well because it's very like mixed, there's a lot of crossover. Um, And yeah, in Dundee, one of the great things at Duncan Jordanson is that when you pick to study after your first year, your proper foundation year, you try a bit of everything, which is great. And after that, you specialise from second, third and fourth year. And you pick whether you want to go into the School of Design or the School of Fine Art. So design is obviously like architecture, animation, illustration, graphics, etc. And then fine art is just fine art, and you don't have to specialise within that. Um, some universe or some art schools and institutions will be like you have to pick sculpture, or whether you want to be into photography or painting and printmaking, um, and then you kind of just stick within that. You can try other things a little bit, but you kind of are doing that. Whereas in Dundee, you're just doing fine art. So you'd be in the same studio as like sculptors and photographers and installation artists and sound artists and painters and printmakers. And so there's a lot of crossover and getting inspired by different stuff that's going on. And you can also uh, experiment in anything that you want. You can use any of the workshops, any of the technicians from any 
discipline. Um, so you're very free, which is great because especially at that age, you're just like, you just totally try to soak everything up and try and see what you like. And who, who knows when, uh, especially if you're quite like fresh out of school or quite young, who, how would you know what you want to specialise in and stick with it or change your mind? And art's not like that. You don't just pick, well, most people don't just pick one thing and stick to that. It tends to be that people have got a couple of strings to their bow or they've got yeah. interests, right? Um, so yeah, loved loved it. Had great tutors. Um, it's a very friendly place to study. Brilliant studio spaces. Really beautiful, big, bright spaces. Um, I, I found it very personable and not pretentious, which sometimes art, fine art, gets a bad rap for. Um, and I think as well, it was. I don't really know because I've not been to art school anywhere else. But from speaking to other people. I think you get set up quite well for leaving art school. Had this discussion a few times with people on the podcast about that very thing. We definitely could have, you know, had more focus on certain things about, you know, working professionally. You know, I've, I've taught myself a lot about even just like painting techniques and whatnot. And you have to find out all this about how do you, how do you pack a painting? Where do you, uh, how do you post things, send them internationally? All that, you have to find it yourself. Even just things like that would be quite helpful. <laughs> but in comparison, a lot of places are pretty well set up and um, they were very good at making you speak about your art and do group kits and stuff. So you get confident about talking um, to other people about things. And yeah, so anyway, I loved it. I loved my higher education experience. And um, degree show was so fun. Like that's your last um, your kind of culmination of, you know, your four years of studying is your degree show. I was very lucky that I got some like great opportunities off the back of my degree show, which was so good for my confidence as well at that quite important stage. Because you're kind of leaving, you're like, oh, like, what am I going to do? Am I going to make it? Am I going to everything? So um, off, I managed to sell, I think, most of my work, which at the time I was just so excited and, like, happy about. Um, I was awarded a couple of prizes. So there's one that was, like, a travel bursary. So it was, oh, wow. yeah, it was, like, travel, um, a bit of, like, contribution money to any travels you want to do that inform your practice or whatever, which was great. I was right up my street. <laughs> And then as well, I got um, given a solo show the following year at a gallery. That was like a prize that she would give every year or so if she liked like a student's work, this gallery owner. Um, so yeah, forever grateful to that because I'm because I think that that really gave me a huge confidence confidence boost in that kind of first year leaving art school to to kind of have a go at it and think, oh, maybe I could do this. Like you know. Um, there's clearly like a level of interest in what I'm doing and um, that's really important that I think that prizes and um, competitions and that kind of stuff are great for young artists or emerging artists for your confidence and really important so so yeah that was kind of my education higher education uh, story. I was just thinking when you were saying about that prize that the travel one in particular because looking at your art and even looking at like the names of some of your pieces I'm like obviously places and spaces yeah and nature and and culture are very important you know inspired with your art so do well, thanks <laughs> <laughs> I mean here's me not knowing anything about art but you know I think it's no. just like I know I know what I like well that's the thing people get so intimidated by like oh I don't know about this or that and I'm not like an expert in the arts and I'm like 
it's, it's honestly enough to just really love something because you love it or you love yeah. the look of it or the feeling that it gives you and you don't necessarily have to explain it and back it up. You can just love it. <laughs> well, I've had so many people on this podcast, like I've just discovered the art form, whatever it is and what they're doing. Anybody that I've had on the podcast, it's like I'm drawn to, drawn to the thing you're making. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm like so interested in the, the person behind the work as well. That always gives it like a deeper meaning to me. But um, yeah, the, the inspiration's like you say you've pretty much nailed that I think when I got that travel like money prize I'd already had a plan that when I left um higher education I was like I'm going to spend the next couple of years traveling and before at the time I was like uh, oh before life gets serious and I have to decide what I want to do I'm just going to go and travel um and then I realized that life never needs to get serious and you never know what you're doing <laughs> um, <It's running. laughs> I put that money towards um going to Southeast Asia. Me and my best friend went um traveling for four months, did the classic like Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia. We also went to Myanmar, um, which unfortunately right now is having a terrible time. But at the time it was fine for travel and um it was so magical. I can't even explain it. Like um just one of the most beautiful countries I've ever been to but as well in terms of like all the clothes they wear and the temples, there's just gold leaf everywhere. You couldn't believe it. And it's very much still like untraveled or much less sort of travel place to go to. So not touristy um, in the same way that a lot of the other countries can be at times. Just, yeah, I don't know. It just felt like the land that time had forgotten because it was closed to for travel for such a long time. Um I think they'd only been open for maybe about six or seven years for tourism when I when I was there, um, and I just loved it. I would love to go. It's just temples everywhere and just like magical, beautiful feeling. People are amazing, um, so friendly, and I just found that to be very like that still sticks with me. I still think about it all the time. Um, and when I came back from that trip, um, I knew I had to make work for this solo show that had been awarded. And I took that as my sort of main inspiration at the time. So a lot of my work for that show was had a lot of like gold leaf in it, which was kind of I'd brought back with me from Myanmar. Um, I'd found mm-hmm. this like old kind of workshop, worked that into some of the paintings, and that was reflective of all the gold leaf and the temples and the pagodas, very colourful. Um, and yeah, it's although my work is abstract. Um, there's definitely a lot of references within there and I think when I talk to people about it I can point things out if I show you painting I'll be like oh yeah but look at that can you see that that kind of gives a hint of this shape of a building or a place or um, some of them are more abstract than others some are a little bit more representational mm-hmm. um, just kind of depends on how I feel that day but certainly memory, travel sense of kind of place are huge inspirations do you work off like any particular like do you have photographs or is it pure memory or do you have is a bit of a mixture mostly it's just like memory i work a lot of development work before i start paintings or start a body of work so i have sketchbooks and i have sometimes i take photographs i take photographs all the time anyway especially if i've been away traveling somewhere i'll pull up some photographs and just do some sketches pull out the shapes of the buildings or the places or the colors that um, and then kind of start to abstract them into my own style. Um, so there's a little bit of that that happens beforehand. And then when I start, 
sometimes I'll have like a kind of rough idea of how I want the start of the painting to look and then I just okay. go with it and see how it evolves. Sometimes it's a bit more pure abstraction where I'm just like, I'm just going to go for it and start and see how this sort of comes through. So a bit of both. I don't have one way that I work all the time. Yeah. Just kind of go with the feeling and try and follow the feeling. Um, and, and how do you know when to when when to stop? Oh, this is like the magic question, right? <laughs> People say, how do you know it's finished? So when it, for me, feels like really exciting, really interesting, visually it's got a lot of depth, there's layers, there's lots of little interesting parts that keep your eye moving around the, can, uh, the canvas or the surface, and it feels balanced. Uh, however, it's really hard sometimes to know, and I'm very prone to overworking, so I try to force myself to stop. When it gets to a good point, I'll stop and I'll pick up another painting. Um, and then if I'm trying to decide whether something's finished or not, what I normally tend to do is turn them towards the wall so I'm not looking at them all the time for like a few days or a week if I have time. Um, so I'm not looking at them constantly and then look at them with a fresh pair of eyes, maybe like a week later and be like, do I want to do a bit more to that or is it done? Um, or I have a bit better like sense about now I've had some distance from it, I can see with a clear eye like, okay, it needs a bit more of this. Um, so yeah. I have, I have ways of like getting around that <laughs> you need distance for sure from anything that you're working on right to have perspective yeah. or if you just get way too like close to it and you can't see it and you're just like ah <laughs> you know in terms of having your own space is is that something that you were able to to access early on in your career I mean I'm not sure even how far into your career you are now like from your, your kind of studying days yeah about five years However, I've spent a few years traveling and living abroad, not really doing so much of the art, just living experiences and traveling and soaking it all up. Mm. Um, so I, um, within leaving art school and education and whatnot, I went away traveling. And then about six months later, I got my first studio outside of art school. Um, and that was in Partick in a wee place called Hayburn Studios, which is above the Poundland at Partick Station. Handy. <laughs> offices. <laughs> um, and that was great. Um, and, yeah, so I had access to that. I was working in there for maybe about eight months or so. Um, and I was working in a restaurant. I was living at home at the time, working in a restaurant, um, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I was in my studio, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So that was the first place, and that was great. I had the studio just to myself quite a lot of space and whatnot but I did really miss being around other people I'm like very much a people person and um I like to be able to come in and have coffee and catch up with people having said that there's so many benefits to like having your own space as well but sometimes now I'm like oh it'd be great to just like have my own space a couple of days of the week and then have a shared space a couple of days but that's not realistic <laughs> so yeah it was my first studio and then I went off and I was living in Melbourne for a couple of years. So, oh my goodness, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. When I had done my travelling stint, at the end of it, my friend was going off to Australia and she was like, why don't you just come with me for a couple of weeks? Like, she was probably going to move there. And I was like, I have to go home for this show and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, you're never going to be this close to Australia um, again. Well, you might be, but, like, it's only, like, $150 or something to fly from Asia to Australia sometimes. She's like, just do it. Yeah. I was like, okay. I've never been that fast. I just thought, I don't really get it. Why is everyone obsessed with Australia? I'm sure it's great, but it just sounds like 
I don't know, off my head, it was like, it just sounds like Britain, but like in the sun. Like, I don't, didn't really know an awful lot about, yeah. about it. And that was so uninformed of me because <laughs> I absolutely loved it. So I had, when I got there, a week in Melbourne and then a week in Sydney. And as soon as I got to Melbourne, I was like, I need to come back and live here. I love it so much. It just felt so excited walking around. It's such a, have you ever been? No, haven't been to show you at all. Okay, right. If you ever get the opportunity, you have to go. It's such a beautiful, beautiful country. It's vast. I've still got so much to see about that I've not even like scratched the surface. Uh, but even yeah, the cities are amazing. Melbourne is like incredible. It's just, it's so vibrant, so diverse. There's people. It's very international. Um, like a lot of people from all over the world are living there. Uh, Australia itself is full of people from backgrounds from all over the world. Um, and yeah I just I really loved it it's so artistic as well it's just got a real sort of magical sort of energy to it it's like the happiest I've ever been was living there it's just I met amazing people I've got the most like um, yeah just met some really really beautiful souls um, and I got really interested in sort of spirituality I was going to a lot of festivals very like kind of holistic festivals and workshops and kind of just try to say yes to everything and discover a lot of new ways of thinking about the world and get into meditation and going along to like ecstatic dance and um yeah just my cup was very full I would say it was a fab place um to live and it'll always be like very close to my heart mm. um, and still I would love to go back it's just that my visa expired <laughs> I was only on like the working holiday visa I couldn't stay long oh, yeah so yeah so I had like two years where I didn't have a studio and then when I got back, I was like, I really want to get a studio, get back into a practice. But at that point, I was like chomping at the bit to be like making something, uh, make it work again. I felt like I had so much like rich experience to draw on that I really wanted to make use of it. At the time, I was like, I'm going to come back to Glasgow for a while, get a studio for maybe like six months, save up some money and go travel again. I'd love to go to South America. That's like next on my list. But when I came back, so I, got, I was looking for studios and stuff. So... Um, and yeah got myself a studio and the space that I initially had like it's a shared space and the space that I initially had um I was like it's fine it wasn't like beside a window or anything I was like I just had a really good feel about it I thought the person running it was lovely and it felt friendly easy to deal with and I'd already I'd used a few places that were like really disorganized and a bit dingy like um and yeah stuck with it and then a couple weeks later another space opened up within the studio I was in and it's like beautiful right beside the window nice white walls and I was like perfect I'll move in there um so yeah again just kind of trusting your tried to trust my gut a little bit on there and you weren't used the word feeling again but it's obviously important to you like the vibe that you get from the experiences and the people and the spaces that you're in it's obviously you're, you're somebody who goes with their gut and that's what inspires then you're out I guess yeah yeah you're right I suppose yeah um it's so important if you're in a shared space and it's your work right um especially if it's your creative work it needs to be somewhere that is friendly and relaxed but also somewhere you can focus so it's quite hard actually getting a balance of all those things um but we're great we're such a unit my studio I love everyone in there that's been like actually a really huge like part of my growth I suppose um has been working around the people that I do everyone's doing very different things in my studio there's like 
photographers, fashion designers, someone's got their clothing brands, ceramicists, printmakers, textiles, a huge range. Um, but we all kind of bounce off of each other. And I remember moving in and like most of the people there were doing their thing like as their full-time job. And I was like, what? But you're so young, like, how can you do that? Like, <laughs> I, I just hadn't really ever considered that that's something that I'd be able to achieve before I was older, you know, in certain <laughs> quotes. Like, I don't know, you just have a thing in your head, oh, that's like later in my life, I'll be able to achieve that. And I just seen them all doing it and smashing it and doing what they love and it was really inspiring. And yeah, so it's great. I love I love the studio space. It's been, uh, yeah, like I said, a huge part of my growth and somewhere that I love to go into every day and I get excited about. Still get excited to see everyone every day, have a chat, have a catch up, have a carry on. <laughs> we also are on the same page. We all get the work done. And in terms of like highlights, I mean, it sounds like you've had so many highlights like to date, you know, even like with, within like studying the, the opportunities and the, the prizes you win. Have there been particular highlights in your career that you're just like, that has been such a pivotal or like kind of inspirational moment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, degree show, that was great. Yeah. Um, to have a really good feedback and experience of that. Um, and then my solo show the following year, I was really proud of that. Um, and I was really proud of the work that I made for that at the time. Um, and yeah, over the yeah, the last year, I've been working with a gallery called the Le Monde Gallery up in Bearsden, and they've been fabulous, so supportive, um, giving me lots of opportunities to show with them and develop um, like professionally, and that has been like invaluable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been proud of that. And other than actually showing, I also am really interested in like community arts and teaching, not not teaching as I'm like a teacher, but yeah. workshops and um, oh, cool. yeah, doing that kind of thing. So I did, I've done quite a lot of voluntary positions over the years when I was studying and whatnot, when I just graduated with different charities. Yeah, did, did a little bit of work for the National Galleries at the start of the year and I was really like excited about that. And yes got some exciting stuff coming up which <laughs> I'm really excited about and I think that'll be a bit of a career highlight um so I've got two person show um at a gallery in Edinburgh um, and I'm really excited because it's the first time that I'll be showing in Edinburgh um and that's at the Upright Gallery and it's with the Rafiki Gallery so um he's a young curator gallerist who's sort of running pop-up shows at different venues um, under the name of the Rafiki Gallery. It's fabulous sort of champion young Scottish and emerging artists. I'm showing with him and a guy called David Brown. He's another abstract artist based in Glasgow. And I'm so excited about that. It's going to be amazing. And we're going to have an opening <laughs> for the first time in years. And I'm like, ah, just to be able to have see, like, see people and like celebrate. I'm so excited about that. I love that. It's like the best part. <laughs> well, it seems like you're such a people person. Do you know I mean, as much as obviously you need that kind of solitary moment when you're working and you're in the zone. But uh-huh. Yeah, it totally gives me energy to like keep going. Of course, like you want to connect with the people that are appreciating your art. Yeah, well, clearly yourself as well. You're doing the right kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> Reaching out and connecting with people. That's what makes the world go round. Yeah, so I'm very excited about that. hope everyone can come along to it. Um, I'm hoping everyone's going to come and do like day trips through to Edinburgh and whatnot whilst it's on. 
it's been such a long time since we've done anything like that. That's so exciting though, you've got that, that's amazing. It's just, I think we need like invigorated by like actual events with actual people, things moving forward. I think it's been such a tough year for everybody, of, of course, yeah. but for, you know, creatives and self-employed people who are like... I need to be doing my thing and I need actual people to engage with it and be like Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You need to be around it involves people going to an actual live thing, right? No, it's super exciting. So I think that'll be um a bit of a career highlight uh when that's all happening. So exciting times. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely put all the details in in the show notes. And everyone is, is welcome to everyone to come along and if anyone has like any questions about it or wants to give me a shout because they're coming along and wants me to be there at the same time to say hi then I'm absolutely up for that as well it'd be great to meet people in real life <laughs> we, we kind of touched on this before we started recording but like you know I'm I, I do find quite a lot of my guests on Instagram so as much as it gets a bad rap and we're always saying oh we're on the internet too much that has been a total godsend for this podcast discovering new people that yeah, I can get to join the clan but was totally impressed obviously first and foremost with your art but then just your online presence very much your Instagram I get a sense of I mean obviously we'd never met prior to this but I got a sense of who you are and what kind of person you are and what interests you and like not just seeing the art but the, art, the artist which I think is really important especially for people who want to connect with your art and is that just something you really enjoy doing like doing the social media thing? That's a really great reflection to hear thank you I'm pleased that you know like my personality comes through as well sometimes I worry that like um I can't you know let myself go fully because I'm aware of you know professional contacts and stuff you've got on there and and you know I'm a pretty like silly (laughs) happy-go-lucky person so yeah so social media has been really important in the development of my career and um, as a way of connecting with other artists and creative people and finding opportunities and being inspired as well um, so much amazing art on there and yeah it's it's a uh, you know it gets a bad rap and we love it and we hate it right like totally. <laughs> but it's just a tool as a marketing tool and you need to use it as, as opposed to letting it use you. And that sounds dead cheesy, but it's true. You know, you try and use it for the benefits. Don't complain about it. When it's not working for you, you just need to keep making even better content and finding ways around it. It's like a video game that keeps changing the way it works and you just have to figure it out while having kind of boundaries and parameters around, like, you know, how it makes you feel and how obsessed you're getting about it. Be able to take a step back. Um, for... A lot of artists, maybe it doesn't, oh, that's not sure it doesn't come naturally. Some people it comes more naturally to, I suppose, in general. But I think that um, there can be a bit of a thing of potentially like snobbery around like not wanting to be dead friendly, cheesy, you know, if you're trying to be taken seriously. It can be hard enough sometimes being taken seriously as a woman in the arts working in abstraction anyway. So, um, you know, I find myself trying to walk this like, path of like being professional but also being personable and adding value and like inspiration hopefully being like I can be all of those things like I'm a multifaceted person who can adapt to various situations I can be serious when I need to be serious and like I think showing that is important yeah and a lot of professionalism stuff is is rubbish you know people are human beings (laughs) and I suppose I'm lucky that you know being self-employed 
um, working for yourself at this stage anyway, um, is that you do get to kind of choose how you want to present professionally and it's not it's not such a big deal, you know, people know you're human. <laughs> so, yeah, I had, um, I did a couple, I did a really great workshop actually about social media for creatives about, I don't know, a year and a half ago. Yeah, and that really gave me a kick up the bum to um, get my arse in gear and, you know, really be a bit more like thoughtful about it and try to use it to my advantage. So, um, yeah, I also just enjoy it. I've always kind of enjoyed it. I always used Instagram like personally a lot, doing stories when I was traveling as a way of keeping in touch with people because I've got friends now who live on the other side of the world as well. It's one of the best ways to keep in touch with them and see what everyone's up to. And I think my approach is that it should be like a studio visit. So it shouldn't be like a portfolio for me anyway. Like I think uh, your website is like your portfolio. If people want to go there, they can go and have a look. Um, But your Instagram should be like, or your social media should be personable in some way. Or, and it's like, it's not the what, it's like the why. Everything that goes in behind it. So it's not just the same thing repeated a million times. And I think that some people can get away with that and it works for them. But it's pretty it's pretty like boring after a while to just see Im- if it was just images of just my paintings um i don't think that i'd really be ha- having any kind of impact or like reaching many people and it makes it more accessible to people who think art's not for them do you know what i mean like if they see the behind the scenes and it's like they're around at our work do you know what i mean doing your uh-huh. thing i mean i love how is it like so is it incense or oils you burn these amazing things what are they oh yeah um essential oils so um i've got an essential oil diffuser in the studio um got some at home as well i'm obsessed with them they're so good (laughs) Uh, i've always really loved essential oils like especially when i was in australia and kind of doing a bit of exploration and self-development and understanding about what different oils are good for different um for tapping into different energies or for healing as well, you know, certain illnesses and ailments. Um, if you burn certain uh, oils, it helps and can soothe for different things. So I've got the oil diffuser and I just pick different oils. Like sometimes I'm quite intentional about it and I'll be like, okay, I need some like extra energy energy today. I'm a bit um, lethargic. Then maybe I'll get some like eucalyptus or lemongrass. I'm really invigorating or... If you want something that's a bit more like softening, like a heart opener, like rose and geranium is really beautiful for that. Orange is really good for creativity. Frankincense as well. Um, I also have like smudge sticks like Palo Santo, which is beautiful. That's a beautiful, I think it's a native South American tree. I could be wrong. Um, and that's when you, when you burn that, it clears out all the old bad energy and allows more positive energy to come in. It's just like sage. Um, incense as well you can also burn proper like incense resin on charcoal but I'm a bit paranoid about that with the smoke alarms <laughs> in the studio but yeah it's about creating a space that's really beautiful to come into that I want to spend time in and I want to make work in and harnessing different energies being able to tap into different kind of moods and feelings like that's one of the great things about scent as a sense it's such an evocative sense it can really connect you back to a time and a place so for true. me yeah yeah totally right and for me like lemongrass yeah. totally reminds me of like when i was traveling in thailand like all the places we stayed had that burning when you'd walk in 
Um, Palo Santo reminds me of Australia and some of the beautiful experiences I had and people I met where that would kind of be burning in the background at all these workshops and whatnot. So, yeah, it really helps me to kind of, yeah, connect back into certain memories and feelings that um, get me to, like, a good creative zone to explore that. I like just seeing that. That's what I like seeing on your Instagram feed is just, like, that's your space, that's your setup. You feel like you're getting a wee backstage tour or something. Yeah, using social media to give give people a taste and an essence of yourself that hopefully comes through without having to give away everything you don't have to be a slave to the to the social media and you know like give away everything but giving away enough that people can connect in some way and yeah just being authentic trying to just be authentic as much you know as it can be at all times and if it's not authentic I won't share it well I think as well like people feel like you know oh god if I'm like have to be authentic I don't necessarily want to share this like thing that's going on and I think like we don't always have to necessarily share things when they're happening like just to be vulnerable doesn't mean you have to share like every trauma that happens to you I'd rather like share from experience of like a process place where I like process I'm not like in the trigger of whatever's happening or the stress so because I as well want it to be like a positive space I don't want to be contributing any more negativity out into the world or I want to be giving off like um yeah, positive energy. I want it to be a positive place for people to come to. And that's not to be like, oh, happy clappy is the only way to be. And of course, like, life is hard. Things happen. Um, But I don't want to be putting out um, any chat or any content that's not from a place of, like, having processed it, obviously, privately. And then what's the lesson from that or what, you know, what what from that space so yeah absolutely it's just it's equally important to protect yourself and who you are because like giving your art to the world can be quite a vulnerable thing and it's in itself do you mean putting your work out your baby the thing you've created out the world opening it up for discussion and comment and all the rest of it so yeah but I think you've totally nailed it and I think it's just it's just you know I appreciate it I appreciate the work that you put into your Instagram because it's like a it's a lovely it's always a lovely space to, to visit online for sure thank you that's so nice <laughs> i'm glad you think so that's very kind it's 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 definitely like a part of the job i do treat it like work you know i have to spend time on this it's part of my job but i also enjoy it so it's fine <laughs> bonus yeah. bonus yeah. and um i'm excited to see that you're getting more opportunity to do yourselves as well so I know you're into that. Oh, yes yes oh, i was gonna talk to you yes. more dancing oh, i love like uh, i grew up doing a lot of dancing i always went to classes like did the classic like you know jazz ballet majorettes all that tap and everything <laughs> yes yeah, so i always i always loved dancing when when i was teenager and like my kind of younger adult years yeah, so I ended up, actually got into um, Latin dancing through traveling. So uh, one night I was out in Melbourne before I lived there. since the time when I was traveling there. My friend, a childhood friend, like family friend, asked me to meet her at the salsa bar because she's really big into like Latin dance and whatnot. And when we got there, like I was up for just trying. I had no clue what I was doing and it's all follow and lead and you need to like know it really to be able to do it. But I was like, whatever, I'll just give it a shot. And I remember just looking around and being really jealous. I was like, God, all these cool people and couples that are coming here and they can all just like dance together. And I can't do it. I don't understand like the, the language of the dance. And being like, I need to learn. So that was my New Year's resolution that year was to go home and start getting salsa lessons. And it's like the only New Year's resolution I've ever kept. <laughs> yeah, I've been dancing salsa for about four, it's 2021. So 
uh, five years and early be dancing salsa, but not getting lessons at the time. You get a certain amount of lessons and you can kind of just wing it. It's been an amazing way of meeting people as I've travelled and living abroad, going to lessons, going to socials. It's also normally a very diverse crowd and uh, people like from all over the world. It seems to be like quite an international kind of crowd in Glasgow. It's very few, like not very few, but it's not that many Glaswegians who seem to kind of go along. So it's a great way of meeting people. Um, and it's something that you can travel with. So if you can learn, if you learn salsa, you can dance it anywhere in the world. You don't need to be able to speak the language. You can go to a Latin bar uh, or a Latin night somewhere and dance to someone without being able to speak a language, but you can have that connection with them and that interaction. Um, and you can have that energy exchange and it's amazing. It, every time I'm dancing, there's just a huge smile on my face. I love it. Um, I love the music. I love the style. I love the fashion that goes with it. Um, to me, Latin dance and, and dancing in general is just pure life force energy um, and moving your body is so good for you so good for releasing blockages and for all your energy centers as well it's great for you it's great oh just it's such and it's great exercise obviously as well so you, you did end up learning a language it was just the language of dance yes you're right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so true <laughs> but yeah I've been missing that a lot since the pandemic and that's one of the thing I'm most excited to come back when it's possible it's kind of started back a little bit now and yeah that just makes me like a happy woman if I'm making art and dancing on the regular sounds like the dream life sounds like the dream life for sure <laughs> so round I'm aware of time and I know I'm taking up your very precious time, but I do a thing called the hingamajigs. And these are random questions that I like to select from a list Ooh. for my guests if you're okay. up for the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, most treasured possession and why? Um, one of them. I can't think of one specifically above them all, but I have a necklace. Um, it's a chrysoprase crystal. And I got it when I was leaving Australia. It's like the National Crystal of Australia. And it's a really beautiful turquoise um, pendant. And yeah, that's just a symbol of like my beautiful time there and everyone that I met. Yeah, I love wearing it. It's really special to me. As a successful artist and someone who's totally pursued their passion in life and is doing it, is actually in the mix doing it as we speak. <gasps> If you had, I know this is a really difficult one, if you had one piece of advice for someone who's listening to this who's like, that's me and I want to do that, what would you say? I would say it's absolutely available to you. You should really just go for it. Um, I think if you're doing what you love, you'll always do well at it. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to have overnight success. It's about consistently showing up for what you love and being authentic to yourself whilst obviously making compromises and putting in the hard work but you know if you never take the chance you'll you might really regret it later on in life and yeah I, I really believe that when you're putting your energy in the right places and you're living you know as much as you can in alignment with your values and what you love you can't help but do well at it um, if you have all that positive energy behind it so you have to at some point take a bit of a risk and follow what you love and be willing to put in the hard work to back it up. <laughs> Spot on. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if there's one thing that you've made, could be anything, 
could literally mm-hmm. be something you made when you were five or it could be your latest piece of work. What is the one thing that you've made that's taught you the biggest lesson? Well, I think a lot of kind of making my own path for myself, <laughs> um, carving out my path that I'm on right now, really deciding to take a bit of a leap and put all my eggs in this basket was a really huge risk. But I have made a lot of the opportunities by putting in all the work, even just on like social media and everything else that comes in with, you know, being self-employed and being an artist. I've learned so much through taking that risk and making my opportunities um, or, you know, putting my, yeah, basically kind of carving out, making this career at this stage. I've learned so much about, yeah, hard work and not slogging away kind of hard work, but like hard work with good intentions and coming from a cup full kind of place. Yeah, I've learned a lot about myself, yeah. what I want in life and what I can achieve. It's been a huge confidence booster. So, yeah. <laughs> can you handle two more? Yeah, absolutely. What is the one story that someone in your family or friends retell about you time and time again? <laughs> okay, I'll tell this one. I feel like I've probably got a better one somewhere. But anyway, um, me, my mum and my nana and my sister Heather had all gone down to London for a trip. So I think I was about four or five, the age we went down. My nana and my mum had taken us to Hamley's, the big toy shop in London. And I went missing. <laughs> and I don't know what street it's on, but it's like, you know, in the centre of like crazy busy London. And my mum freaked. And she's like, oh my God, Robin's gone missing. Like she must have walked out the doors. So they shut down, like all locked, like closed all the doors in Hamleys in London. And eventually someone found me and I was just sitting like on a toy shelf. <laughs> In amongst all of the Lego, just like obsessing over this Lego, playing with it, and my mom was like, oh, "I'm so sorry." She was like, "So appalled, like just like, oh god, they shut down like Hamleys and rounds, just <laughs> absolutely fine." But anyway, here in our own world. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm well, glad you were fine. Brilliant. And the last question that I do ask everyone, because the podcast is called "The Bra and the Brave," yeah. is what is your favourite Scots word or phrase? Ooh. I like the word belter. Yes. <laughs> no one ever knows what you mean if you say it. When I was living in Australia, I'd be like, oh, it's a little belter. And they'd be like, a what? A what? Um, yeah, belter's good. I also like bonnie. I think bonnie's a really nice word. That is a good word. Um, to describe something beautiful. So yeah, probably one of those two. Rowan, I can't thank you enough for doing this. I feel actually energised speaking to you. You're such a positive force. Oh, thank you. I feel the same. I'm like dead excited about the rest of my day now. Like you say, I feel very like invigorated after talking to you. You're, I, always, I always thought that before, you know, virtually meeting you, but meeting you, I always thought Lisa seems so like, I don't know, positive and supportive. It's a huge service you're doing to all the creative and whatnot people in Scotland by giving them a platform. So thank you on like behalf of everyone. It's amazing that you're doing this and it's not even your job. It's just a passion project that you do. That's really kind. I hope I can meet you in real life. I'd love you to come along to my show. I'll send you an invite for the opening and whatnot because it would be so lovely to meet you. I would love to. It's a date. Let's do it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Bra and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.